welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. We are on episode number 33. Um, yeah, episode 33. And I'm back with my co-host once again. What's going on, man? Not much. How you doing, bro? Life is good. I actually, I can't complain. This this week, all right, you know, the whole week hasn't been good to me, but today was pretty good for me. Um, hopefully, I want to give a warning to the listeners. Uh, my laptop is basically on its last leg. Um, the back of my laptop looks like it met with Thor's hammer, and the hammer definitely won. So, <laughs> I'm hoping they get a new laptop next week. Or maybe the week after. I don't want this to interfere with the podcast. But if I go ghost for like a week or two, just know why. It's because I have no equipment. But I'm going to try to fix that before it becomes a big problem. But just just throwing that out there. Oh, man. But we got a lot of, a lot of things to talk about. A lot has happened within like this short time that we, you know, just haven't recorded. Like there's been a lot of noise and just things going on um i don't know what do you what do you want to start with we got like 30 fights being announced we got people replacing other people uh got got Uh, a few somber notes unfortunately uh, let's start with the somber note then okay all right uh so let me pull this up because i do not want to butcher this gentleman's name okay so uh, a fighter by the name of Aaron Rahman, if I'm saying that right, I'm not sure if the J is pronounced or not. Um, he was a part of America Top, American Top Team uh, down in Florida. And unfortunately, he was, I believe, murdered in his house. Um, this was, it says, 10.24 p.m. on Monday. Um, apparently, I guess some men broke into his house. They had some kind of argument. And I guess shots let off and unfortunately uh, he didn't make it ramen was uh two and two as a pro on the regional circuit and his last documented fight was on may 7th of last year and i believe he was good friends with uh uh tisha torres a ufc strawweight so uh dude was only like 20 25 or 27 i can't remember way too young to be you know Way, way too young to, to leave the way he did, man. Well, really, I mean, nobody should leave like that, but, you know, just way too young to to, to be taken away so soon. So, uh, definitely <clears throat> rest in peace to him. Condolences to his family, friends. Um, I'm not sure if they have, like, any GoFundMe or anything set up for him. I, that just uh, saw they, this. they do. They do? Okay, um, if they I do. can... Uh, I say, yeah, if you can shoot me that link, because um, we did it with the Tim Hague, I'll definitely uh, post that link in the, in the uh, section down below so you guys can donate um, if you can. So, uh, yeah, once again, rest in peace to uh, to Aaron Rodman of American Top Team. And 
luckily that that'll that'll be the saddest news we have. Still, yeah, it definitely sucks. But I guess kind of from here on out, we got some little little more lighthearted uh, news and notes to to get through. De- definitely more positive. Yeah, you know? definitely, definitely more positive. Um, I don't know you want to want to do fight announcements. Uh, yeah, go through them really quick, I guess. Um, I guess start with the big one. Uh, Gilbert Melendez dropping down to uh, one forty-five at UFC two fifteen to fight Jeremy Stevens. <sighs> How you feel about that fight? Quick thoughts. Um, um, thinking about it, I don't like it for Melendez's first fight at 145. Uh, Stevens is just, it's just like a tough matchup for like everybody. And I think Melendez has been away for like a year. I'm not sure like what type of shape he'll be in after a weight cut. He's not a big guy, but like, I think he's like 34 now, 33, 34. And and to make your first weight cut like this late in your career that low, it kind of it kind of has me worried. Like it, it could be re, like rejuvenative. Like the the Barbosa fight showed us that he's just too small for lightweight. Like that's I honestly believe that. But at the same time, um, I, I'm not sure at this late in the game he can turn that around by by cutting down. And like, like we saw when Henry Brown moved up, like Steve is just not the dude you want to fight if you want if you're trying to get comfortable somewhere. Yeah, and he even managed to give Frankie a tough fight, which yeah, he, he not a lot of people Frankie. can do. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about this fight either. I mean, I I, I hope he does well at 45 because only because I I just feel like he hasn't done as good as I hoped he would when he came over. But yeah, we'll we'll see. That's definitely a interesting fight. I'm gonna actually do the next note. I need to grab my laptop cord before I die on this podcast. <laughs> All right. Um. Uh, I'm not sure if we announced if this was out in time for our last podcast or not. But uh, Tyron Woodley, Damian Maya, official for UFC 214. Um, it, it, it's kind of crazy that Maya's only getting like a month to prepare. Woodley, if I remember correctly, started preparing all the way back in like May. He was talking about being in training camp, um, getting his diet right and everything like that, while Maya was still preparing for Jorge Masvidal. But on the one hand, I don't think this will affect Maya. He's like 39, 40 already, and how, uh, how much preparing is he really going to do for Woodley besides getting a fight shape? Um, we know what Maya's gonna do. He's gonna try to pressure Woodley into the feds. He's gonna try and take him down, get on top. Um, I guess there's always about uh, there's always the fact that Maya has to get Woodley's tells down so he can know when Woodley's com- really committing on his punches or his takedown attempts. But other than that, um, it, I'm ha- I'm happy with uh, Maya's getting a fight because apparently they're trying to set up the GSP fight for. Uh, fight for the winner at MSG in November and while I want Woodley the win my GSP has always been kind of like a dream fight since Maya moved down to 170 for me and I believe this will be, be the third title fight at UFC 214 by the way that card is uh, ridiculous 
Oh yeah, no, it's great top to bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Speaking of two fourteen, uh, speaking of two fourteen, really quick. Uh, God, Edborg's new opponent will be Tanya Avenger. Oh, yeah. Oh well. Before we get to that, yeah, real quick, just on the the Maya fight. Yeah. Um, I'm really pulling for Maya to win this. Nothing against Woodley. I feel like the UFC doesn't want Maya to win, and for that reason, I want him to win. But also because I think him versus GSP would just be awesome. Even though I think a lot of people probably would think it'll probably be boring on paper. But yeah, like you, that that's a dream fight when when Maya dropped the 170. Like I, f- I feel like we have to see that. But and the window to see that fight is closing. So yeah, Maya needed to go do quick work and uh, hopefully leave the Woodley fight not too uh, too badly hurt. <laughs> So yeah, we we can get uh him and GSP in November. But yeah, um the Cyborg and um Avenger fight. Um bittersweet. Bittersweet. I wanted to see Megan come over, but then again, if your first opponent being Cyborg probably uh, uh probably doesn't end too well, but then again, it's not yeah. too many people at 45 she can really fight anyway. Um Bellator has half of the top ten. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But I, I like this Avenger fight a lot, though. I, I definitely I definitely like this fight a lot. Uh, I still don't know if I pick her to win, but like I I would say I like her better as an opponent for Cyborg. I think she, you know, definitely has more experience than Megan does. Um super tough chick too. Like and I think it's good to see her like get a shot at Cause I think we mentioned this before, like, cause we reviewed that one Invicta car. Like, she's been in the game for a while, you know. She's definitely paid her her dues, and now she gets to show what she can do on the big stage. Un- unfortunately, you have to show what you can do against Cyborg, <laughs> but you know, it it is what it is. So I, I think it's a, a really good look for her. Hopefully, she hopefully she gets to shows. You know, she gets to show something. But it is cyborg. You never know. You might get steamrolled. But she is a, she's a really, really, really tough fighter. So I'm definitely glad she's, she's getting the shot. This, this is actually a really, good replacement for for Megan. Some could argue this would be an upgrade. Um, so I want to know how many people turned down the cyborg fight for them to go to Avenger, because one of the reasons Avenger didn't make it off of tough. Like why, why the UFC didn't sign her immediately or after she won the Invicta titles because I think she had a, a what was it, like a, a fall, not falling out but like she just straight up told like Sean Shelby to go fuck himself or something like that like something along the lines of she got in a heated argument with Sean Shelby and insulted him like to his face <laughs> Thug which, which is hilarious because like if I'm not mistaken, like Sean Shelby's really short. <laughs> so it was probably like Tanya Evinger just like standing over Sean Shelby, like cursing him out. Yeah, I think she mentioned that before too. Yeah, like she didn't have the best relationship with like and the that, UFC brass. Yeah, and that's part of the reason why she was still in the victim. She was like, ever after every interview, she was like, "Yeah, I don't really plan on going to UFC." So I'm really curious who turned down the fight. Like, which 135ers are like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna fight Cyborg." Uh, like. Not. I wouldn't be surprised I, if just half of them did. I mean, why would why? Like, I, I imagine they asked Holly Holm if she wanted the fight because you know they want to make that fight. Yeah, because probably the biggest fight they have on paper 
for the any of the women's divisions. But um, I'm happy Tanya Avengers in the UFC. I I hope she stays at 145 because that division desperately needs talent, even more so than 135. Like between Shevchenko and Nunes, I can see a bunch of different avenues for them to make fights. Like 145 just needs bodies, though. Right at this point. Literally, <laughs> like, I but she's probably gonna go back down to one thirty five. Um, I don't like the fight stylistically as much as I did the Anderson fight, even though I think Anderson's not good, not as good at what she does as um Tanya, or like even if they match up, I think Avenger would probably like beat the shit out of Anderson. But um, mostly because I don't see any, uh, like anybody just taking. Cyborg down and beating her up for five rounds. Yeah, yeah. Like she is too strong. Like she is a world class grappler. Like she, she competed at the IBJJFs and done. Like she's won purple belt and I think brown belt. Hundred percent sure on that last one. Like point being, like you're not gonna beat Cyborg on the ground, or at least try to take her down and, and like. Um, like suffocate her from the top for five rounds. So yeah, she, she's got work cut out. <laughs> good, good luck to anybody who's. And this, like, this is Avenger who's fought so hard and like against God. What was the woman's name that she fought against and she like vomited after the fight? Uh, yeah. definitely wasn't. It wasn't the girl she fought last. It was a fight. I think it was Delelio. I, I could be wrong, but I think it was Delelio or or Schneider. And like, she fought so hard and that she threw up immediately after the fight. And I'm just sitting here thinking, if uh, Colleen Schneider or Sarah Delelio made you do that, like, w- what is Cyborg going to do? Because one of the things we don't uh, we don't give Cyborg enough credit for because she doesn't often have a reason to, but she's. I think she has a pretty good gas tank, or at least, like, and a good, efficient energy usage. Yeah, she's... I, and I noticed that, too. Like, even in her winning streaks, <laughs> like, I, I, I realized it around... Uh, well, well, was it the, she fought Conan, right? I think it was the Conan fight. Yeah, it was the Conan Yeah, fight. like, she's gotten a lot better at, like... Because she used to just be kind of, like, just all-out blitz. Like, she would beat you just based off... You can't handle the pressure. She's gotten yeah. a lot better at controlling, like, her power and when to use it. It's not just a blitz anymore. It's a lot more controlled, and she picks when she explodes instead of she, just... She is literally one of the more technical, one of the most technical strikers in women's MMA. Yeah. Like, I say that unironically, and I, I get that she's not, like, this outside fighter, like, home or... The, Person who could put her punches together and move like um Joanna and Jacek, but she, what she does, what she's able to do from just like a pure counter puncher standpoint, is just like some of the best work you've seen in women's MMA so far. And she's only getting better. That's the scary part. Right. Yeah. So like, there's such an athletic gap between her and everybody else. It is, and it that's why it kind of sucks that she's at 45 because. It's, I almost feel like she's never gonna get to fully show like everything that she can do because there's just there just aren't bodies in that division to even you know like she's gonna fight like once a year <laughs> like, like 
That's the thing with like women's sports, like combat sports especially. Like they go back and you saw Ann Wolf and she was just like four division champion and she was she knocked out Von War, but like she like Layla Ali notwithstanding because she went she didn't want to fight her. Who like who who was there? Who was she really beating? You know, right? Like, and that's not to take anything away from like the Von Wards and the Tori Nelsons and like all these other women who are really good, but like there there's no foil. Like Ann Wolf went in the favorites in those fights, and she came out like looking exactly as good as we thought she was. And it sucks, but like that. That's where I hope the UFC gets better at, where they they just go and they UFCs and MMA gyms in general, where they just go and they take they go and they go recruit like young women who I don't know, like don't play, who maybe like a little too big to do other sports, like I don't know gymnastics or something like that, or maybe they don't get the chance to go play basketball in college or something and try to recruit them like athletic young women who are bigger who can make 145 throw them in a cage just give them some gloves (laughs) it's not like like these girls don't exist it's just that like after high school there's no avenue for them to go play sports right you know so like these women exist out there it's just it's putting out there that they can make money in the sport yeah Hopefully it doesn't take too long to build, but... I, I mean, I, we're, we're still waiting on the Rousey effect to take hold at 135, like... So, we have to, we, we are miles away from that being a thing. Yeah. But, don't, don't fight regardless. Um, definitely, definitely looking forward to that. Um, another fight that got announced that I don't really care to dive into, but... Uh, Shogun and OSP... For whatever reason, they're gonna fight for the second time. Whatever that's worth. Um, yeah, I, so, I, I don't so, have it. Okay, <laughs> I will say this: Shogun is the most technical striker, not not <laughs> named John Jones, Daniel Cormier, um, Alexander Gustafson. Uh, I'm, I'm contemplating whether I count Rumble or not. Now that he's gone, but no. So, uh, notwithstanding those three, Shogun might be the most sensible striker in <laughs> heavyweight. The problem is, it, it always takes him getting hurt for him to turn on, like, the actual technique. So, there's a good chance he runs into another left hand from OSP and just gets knocked out cold again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's going to be a, a, it's gonna be a weird fight. It's weird. I almost wouldn't be surprised if somehow Shogun wins the rematch. <laughs> and we get a trilogy out of this somehow. I wouldn't be surprised. I feel like I've undersold Shogun way shorter than I should have since the first time he got like knocked out by OSP. Like, he is still a good fighter. The problem is, one, he's like undersized, and two, uh, like he's kind of a glass cannon at this point. Like, yeah, he can recover, but like if you hit him, he's he 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 rocks easily, you know. Yeah, and and OSP, as much as his career has been kind of just in this really weird spot, dude can still crack. Yeah. So yeah, if he catches you, you're probably done. But yeah, that's gonna be a weird 
a weird fight. I feel like there's one more fight I wanted to mention that we left out. Um, I don't know if this is the one you're talking about, but Alexa Grasso and uh, Randa Marcos are scheduled to fight at UFC uh, one fourteen, UFC Fight Night one fourteen in Mexico City. Forgot about that, but I'm so, glad you brought that up. I'm I'm still on the Grasso hype train. I'm gonna ride this hype yeah. train until it blows up. <laughs> I'm still I'm still big on on, on Grasso. And I don't think her loss to um uh why is her name escaping me? She just fought last week. Felice uh, Herrick. Yeah, uh Felice Herrick. Like that that loss wasn't uh I don't think that was a shameful loss at all. Considering yeah. that Herrick's just been on this roll lately. She just I don't know, whatever whatever she's doing now is working, so but yeah, definitely uh looking forward to Grasso if you guys haven't seen her. Um You got hands, man. Hands for days. <laughs> very very good volume striker so yeah hopefully she she's one and one in the ufc so we'll, we'll see if she can can hit that um that that two on one mark hopefully um actually you know what i won't mention one of the fights i'll save for a shout out until later so i'm not gonna mention it um any other news and notes before we get into the the, the, the meat and the potatoes uh um just shout out to um kayla harrison the only uh, U.S. Olympic uh, judoka to ever win a gold medal. Um, she actually she won twice, uh, 2016 and 2012. American judoka. Um, she's making her MMA debut in 2018 for the professional fighter league. Oh lord! <laughs> uh, yeah. Right. Oh God! Do we want do we want to bring up the fact that? Fell scheduled an event for you the same day as UFC 214 and Mikey Garcia versus Adrian Broner. Oh, God. I didn't even know that was happening. That yeah, yeah, solid job, PFL. Yeah, uh, whoever does, yeah, that I can't wait to see those numbers. I can. <laughs> I mean, we I don't think we ever actually get PFL's number or WSOS number. I just guesstimates because, like, I, I don't they don't rank in the Nielsen scans because I, mean, I could be totally wrong about that, but uh, we'll 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 see. Hopefully, can you still hear me? I'm actually kind of losing you on my end. Uh yeah, I hear you. Okay. All right. It might sound a little fuzzy, but we're gonna we're gonna work through it. Um. So yeah, those are pretty much the uh nose newts and I said nose newts, notes news and and nuggets. Um. So I guess we will just get into uh one of two main courses <laughs> what we'll be talking about. Um. So this previous weekend, uh, Manny Pacquiao who apparently is just still boxing. Uh, had a title fight with Jeff Horn, and uh, this was in Australia, right? I don't want to get my countries mixed up. Yep, okay. Australia in so, some rugby stadium that held fifty-three thousand people. Yeah, outside. Yeah, it was. I thought it was actually cool to watch that. I like the outside like fights. I think it's it looks pretty cool like that. But yeah, they, um, yeah, they they put on the show, man. This was a really, really entertaining fight. Um. I want to encourage listeners, I think I've said this before, if you watch a fight the first time, 
and you go to watch it again the second time you watch the fight mute it mute the volume I promise you it'll make a difference because it definitely made a difference in this fight like I look at this fight completely different than the night that I originally well, actually you know what I didn't watch it that night I actually fell asleep so I watched it early in the morning but either way the first time I watched it with volume <coughs> on second time I watched it with no volume and it felt like two completely different fights um I'll, I'll let you start uh, what, what were your uh, thoughts on the fight and how did you feel about the decision uh, uh, there are any this is why I love boxing because there's just so many levels we can like dissect this fight at like for instance this is uh, top ranks first big card with ESPN and they're like two year deal or whatever and we could talk about how Stephen A. Smith is just pure garbage. <laughs> like I, you said, you fell asleep. I'm not sure how much of it you caught, but it was so bad that Al Bernstein went on Facebook and just roasted the man. <laughs> it, like talking about how he had no business call, like speaking on anything about this fight. Um. But as for the fight itself, um, it was a really good fight. It was a really good, fun fight. Like that was uh, elevated by like the atmosphere of having like fifty-three thousand Australian fans just there rooting for a middle school gym teacher to beat one of the best boxers in the last like twenty, thirty years. And like I kind of got that feeling before the fight that um, like that. Uh, that that horn would really step it up. I'm not. Um. Um. Yeah. I mentioned during the fight. Uh. I w I wasn't. I, I had Manny winning the fight. I'm not mad at the decision. Like, I, I had Horn winning like five clean rounds, that I thought were, if not indisputable, leaning heavily in his favor. Like, I had one, I had six, and I had 10, 11, and 12, all for Horn. Um, but, uh, like, regardless, this is the fight where Manny Pacquiao just got old. Yeah, like, I definitely... No fans are about it. <laughs> yeah, and I, I remember after the fight ended, my first thought was, oh, th this guy, th you can't get that rematch with Floyd, not after this. There's yeah. no, no, this man, he does not touch Floyd. <laughs> this man, he does not, does not touch Floyd at all. But yeah, it, this, this fight was, so I guess I'll break down both times I watched it. So the first, my first watch through, which was at like four, I happened to randomly wake up in the middle of the night at like four in the morning. And I was like, you know what? I'm up. I'm not actually too, too tired. I'm just going to watch this fight. So <laughs> I just opened up my phone and I watched it. And... The first time I watched it, that like Horn clearly got the first round, Un undisputed. That's not even a question. Horn definitely came out guns blazing the first round. And then for what for the first time I watched it, it felt like every round after the first for some reason, like I just thought Manny was dogging him. It it, it seemed like that. And the I, I don't know if I was getting caught up in the commentary, but I was like, Manny's clearly winning this fight. And then I remember round nine happened, and Manny almost killed horn and then i remember rounds like 10 11 and 12 to me were 
kind of close, and I think I gave a couple of those to Horn. But, like, to me, I thought Manny clearly won. And then when they did the decision, I was kind of like everybody else, like, there's no way he won that fight. Like, what what were you guys watching? But when I rewatched it and muted, yeah, it was, it, that fight was really, 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 really close. Yeah. And I would encourage anybody who thinks otherwise, because I was probably on in you guys' boat. When I first saw it, I was like, Manny won that. No debate. Rewatch that fight, but don't have any volume on. Horn made a lot of those rounds really, really close. I think what happened was, it, to me, it seemed like Horn started his rounds off always really strong, and then he would kind of fade towards the end. And I think also Manny landed a lot of the cleaner shots, but Horn uh-huh. Horn had the more of the like he was roughing them up against the um, against the ropes. He was landing body shots. He would throw uppercuts, but like then Manny would have these moments where he he was having like his mini Floyd moments where. He would pot shot and he would duck and get out the way. He landed that straight left a couple of good times. Uh, it was kind of one of those fights where, like, do you pick the guy who's landing the cleaner shot or do you get the guy who's clearly, because Horn was definitely the aggressor, like, the entire fight mm-hmm. minus, like, round nine. So, I don't know. It was kind of a pick your, you know, do you get the guy who's probably landing cleaner or the guy who's pressing forward and probably bringing most of the action? So yeah, the second time I still gave Manny the fight, but now I can I can see why somebody would have why they would have scored it for Horn. He definitely that fight was a lot closer than what what people made it out to be. He definitely he roughed Manny up. <laughs> he he yeah. made Manny work. That he did not make that an easy fight at all. Yeah, like I, I will concede that um that one seventeen one eleven card was pure garbage. Because there's no way Horn won nine rounds. Right. <laughs> like, even I can't see that. But, like, 115-113 is a fine card. Like, I'm sorry. Um, I know there's this. Like, people who had the ESPN streams or broadcast. So, Americans, basically. Um, and, obviously, Filipino fans, like. Uh, obviously like they were very very upset with the uh, decision um people who had like the box nation or like the russian or like any other type of stream or broadcast or whatever they tended to score the fight a lot more even so take that for what it's worth um let's talk uh, teddy atlas <laughs> That's what I, I was. I was about to say. I was say the, the Box Nation people probably didn't have Teddy Atlas uh, screaming Teddy from Atlas, their TV good screen. God. Like th- this man, like get him off my TV, please. Like, <laughs> I, I, listen, I love Teddy. Like, uh, as much as like you can love a crazy old man, but like he, like, he was just saying some straight up pure nonsense. Like there was a sequence where. Um, Horn, they they did a replay, and Horn was backing Manny up to the ropes like a five-six punch combination, and and like he wasn't landing clean, but there were shots that obviously affected Manny, and they were like corralling him and having him um, straighten out his legs, like his posture and everything like that. And you have Atlas over here talking about like those aren't scoring blows, like they obviously affect Manny Pacquiao. Like you can't say they don't count. Like, the punch stats after the fight were 
for like Manny outlanded him like something like two to one or something like that. But you can tell they didn't count the, the like when they were actually tied up, and Horn was just like unleashing body punches like like because he was like I think the stats said that he landed something like seven punches around, but he landed something like fifteen body shots around alone. Like it was absolutely insane. And you could tell Adrian Broner knew that this fight was close. But he didn't want to go against Teddy Atlas to train. <laughs> like like into the twelfth round, I think it was with Broder, who by the way, like had just like a complete mental breakdown on commentary. Like like there were just points where like you can tell that Broner's not Broner, oh my god. Freaking um Bradley. Bradley, Tim his, Bradley. Tim Bradley. You can tell that his brain is just like scrambled. And he has, like, he's either nervous, which I don't think he should because this isn't his first time doing this. Maybe a bigger audience than, like, uh, a, a pay-per-view nobody bought. Because I know he did the uh, Pacquiao-Vargas uh, pay-per-view. Like, he's on ESPN. Maybe he's nervous. But, like, at, at one point he says, we are in Argentina after all. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember if it was Teddy or Joe. It was just like, we just like had to, like, you can hear them do the thing, turn to him and be like, you mean Australia, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Bradley. But like, Bradley in the 12th round was talking about, like, I, I, I can see this, I, I can see this fight being a lot closer than you guys are talking about. But in Teddy Atlas's like post fight, like, meltdown about, like, this is a travesty. This is home cooking. Blah 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 blah. Like you, you can tell. You can tell. Broner doesn't agree, but he's just nodding his head. Like, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, I, I felt bad for Bradley because yeah, I'm like the Teddy Bradley. Atlas thing happened. Yeah, yeah, Bradley. Yeah, the, the 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 Atlas thing happened, and then um, I I ended up watching one of the like the post fight interviews because I just wanted to see other people's reactions to the fight. And even Stephen A. was trying to, like, bait Bradley into saying that, like, the fight... Not saying that it was fixed, but, like, that oh, the dude. decision was terrible. Like, he... <laughs> Freaking Atlas, Listen, Stephen A. Smith were just talking about the only way this fight... Like, it was either, like, ignorance or corruption. Yeah. And I'm like, was... how was this... Like, good... good poor poor Bradley... <laughs> Poor Bradley. Like when Stephen A. was interviewing him, he was like, "Bradley, don't." He was like, "You're you're so and so time champ. Don't let him get off the hook." And Bradley was like, "Well, you know, I can kind of see how Horn won. He definitely, and he he definitely made every point that Bradley said in that post fight interview was what I started to realize when I watched the fight the second yeah. time. Was like he definitely put it on Manny. Like this was not this was not the cakewalk that." I thought I saw it the first time I watched it. It was not the cakewalk at all. Dude, like, uh, like I'm going to keep saying this, but fuck Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> Dude, like, this has no business anywhere near a boxing card. Or any card, for that matter. Any combat sports card. Yeah, he, yeah, and combat, like combat sports in general. Cause like, <laughs> one like, of the things he said, this, was it him? It, it was, like, he started this dumbass take about... You don't see this in the UFC. Right, yeah, and I was like, Stephen A, you gotta stop. (laughs) Stephen, like, stop talking before you hurt yourself. 
and like you saw like Chauncey Billups and um, God, one of the dudes from one of the FS1 shows. I can't remember his name. I think it was like Nick something. Like, but those like they were talking the same trash. Like you saw Reggie Bush online. Like, oh my God, why boxing is dying? It's fucking. It's stupid. Yeah, I was like, if if you don't think this happens in the UFC, the the one fight I always bring up to people, even though it was years ago, is uh Evan Dunham and uh <laughs> and Sean Shirk. Like, if you think bad decisions don't happen, oh they they've happened. Plenty. They happen on a weekly basis. Yeah, like every card, there's at least one fight where you have to look and you're like, that that there's no way that this was. Yeah, they they definitely happen more than. Uh, we we would care to <laughs> care to talk about, but the like, the funniest part was like earlier in the night, uh, well earlier in the day, I guess, because this card started like one o'clock over there. Um, Shane Mosley Jr. was fighting for this guy uh, David Toussaint, Toussaint, something like that, and lost. But halfway through the fight, um, Teddy Atlas just like starts complaining because like nobody put cardboard over my monitor and I can't see. <laughs> oh man! But this, um, overall, besides, well, I, you know, what, like I will say this: like before the card, Deadspin had this article out about Manny Pacquiao's fighting this weekend, and nobody cares. You know, obviously, like you go back to their Twitter feed, there's like four articles about the fight about like the post fight uh, like the commentary the um the actual fight results itself and how like it was controversial and everything like that and had like you know but um it, it got people talking it got a peak that 4.4 million by uh not buys viewers like people tuned in for this yeah i, I was actually pretty hyped that this was on espn like oh god this like the difference between this being a top ranked like pay per view, where like HBO won't even like cover it, and and um, this being on ESPN is so much more elevating, I guess, because they get uh, Michael Conlon got a little bit of a rub, um, Irish Olympian who got robbed at the Olympics in 2016, like knocked this Russian dude or. Uzbekistani dude down a bunch of times and um, they, they gave the other guy the fight. So, you know, obvious, uh, I don't know, it was like corruption. Well, corruption, yeah. Um, but, um, like, he's a dude who can get people traveling. He's potentially a big Irish star. Maybe not Conor McGregor levels, but uh, when you can get people traveling to come see you fight, like, you are a big deal. You know? Um, so he got a little bit of a rub. Pacquiao's boy, uh, Jerwin Ancajas. Uh, uh, like, Filipino names always trip me up because they always sound like Spanish names. So um, he fought. He fought. Uh, he defended his IBF Super Flyweight title on the other card. Like, he, he did. He looked great. Like, knocked the guy out with a body shot and everything. I'm, I think I missed, like, all of the other fights. Yeah. Cause I wanted to watch the Shane Mosley Jr. fight just to tune in, but I only watched like the first five rounds. But he was getting outboxed pretty soundly. Oh. I was really surprised when I saw people say he got robbed. 
It was only an eight-round fight. I didn't miss much, you know. But uh, big shout-outs at Jeff Horde, who literally becomes like an Australian sporting legend overnight. Yeah. Like, you beat... <laughs> you, you beat, like, a boxing god, <laughs> pretty much. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. And this is a Pacquiao who, ate, like, last year took out Bradley and, um... Var- like, was it Vargas? Like, I keep forgetting people's names, because there's, like, a million different boxers out there. Yeah, Jesse Vargas, like... This dude eight months ago beat Jesse Vargas in a one-sided like drubbing, like. Uh, so. Unless uh, unless Pacquiao got old overnight, which is possible, or it um it was really just Jeff Horn being like this weird big guy at welterweight that just threw him off and got him a win. So shout some like don't give Pacquiao space. I guess right, that's unless- yeah. He got that's, that's all in Pacquiao's grill. <laughs> also, How you see? Uh, oh, go ahead. Uh, just really quick, fuck Stephen A. Because before the fight, he had the nerve to sit up here and read and mock all the dudes who um who Horn had fought before Pacquiao. So Ali Funeka, Rico Mueller, uh, Randall Bo- uh, Bailey, Ahmed. Uh, Ahmed Al Mos- uh, Mosali, I can't pronounce names. I'm sorry. Uh, Victor uh, Potnikov. Like these are dudes who are not obviously um, Denny Garcia or Keith Thurman or Sean Porter, but like they're solid dudes. Like, you, like they they deserve respect in the sport, and to just to have somebody who's up there who obviously doesn't know who any of these people are, just mocking them, is just ridiculous. So again, fuck Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> ESPN, you have Max Kellerman. I don't know if he's on like an exclusive boxing contract with like HBO, but you have Max Kellerman. Ah, uh, that they they know what they're doing with Stephen A. They 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 know exactly why they bring Stephen A. in. He's Stephen A. is gonna do. He he just does what he does. They they bring him in to be that that. He's the shock value. He's just he's just there to be well, kind of just loud and. Here's the thing that works with like the NFL and basketball and the NBA and I, I don't know what else they cover ESPN, but that works for those sports because going out and saying um, I don't know LeBron isn't the greatest player uh, today. People can have strong feelings about that, you know. Like right. you can say uh, Kevin Durant has surpassed LeBron James and Steph Curry, and like people have feelings about that. Have uh, like having Stephen A. go up there and mock all the people that Jeff Horn has fought. Like a casual audience that's coming to this fight is just not going to understand the shock value of that they're just going to see a, a guy who's being paid to talk about boxing. Talk about what a joke this fight is, or what a joke Jeff Horn's career has been up to this point. It all, all it does is really make Manny Pacquiao look worse than he actually is. You know what I mean? Like, there's no context for people coming to this, other than Stephen A. reading off a list of names and just mocking them. Well, I'll, I'll say this: regardless of how you might feel about Horn, I, I feel like we're probably going to get a rematch. So I th- I think if if the rematch does happen, uh, Horn will definitely get a chance to 
get a definitive win and probably shut a lot of people up. I, I think um, I, I, I'm gonna just go out and say I think Pacquiao probably beats him in the rematch. I can like, see that because I, I think I think a big thing Horn had on his like side was just like surprise and strength. Like he's a big dude who moved around like he was um, Dominic Cruz for the most part, right? <laughs> like that Pacquiao's got like a feel on his timing and like his size and how he feels in the clinch. I think he'll do a better job unless like unless like I said he got really old. He's really old in the next like couple months. I don't know, man. He he did look kind of. I don't say he lost a step, but I don't know. Like it was something. But, like something he looked off. old. He looked old, but I think it was just like the discomfort of like you're used to people respecting you and giving you your space to operate, and then here comes this big dude who's just like hopping all over the place and like going a mile a minute. And just like getting all up in your face and everything, like right, and he's, yeah, but uh, not it, respecting, not not respecting right. your space whatsoever. Not, not respecting your space or your speed or your power, and like he's putting you against the ropes and like how, how do you adapt mid fight without expending like all your energy? Like I think he did in the ninth, which is why those last three rounds were really close. Or yeah, because he like, was I, completely. Like, I thought they were, yeah, like I get all three of the horn because like Pacquiao just stopped throwing at one point. Like he didn't start throwing again until like the twelfth round. So, like, I, I think he'll have a better understanding of what he's going to do in the rematch. I think he probably gets a win. Which, I, I, again, I won't take anything away from Jeff Horn because, like, that, that's part of boxing. Surprise the other guy. Right. With what you got, with, with your arsenal. But, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy for Horn. Again, I, I don't like Manny Pacquiao in the person, so it, maybe that's coloring my view of this fight. I'm going to just be straight out, just straightforward <laughs> with that, so... <laughs> We'll see though. Hey, regardless, no, like, really. Like, straight, like, oh no! Oh no! No, I get like, it. I, I get like, it. Straight up, yeah. Just... yeah, I definitely get it. Yeah, the he. It's one of those things where you you try to separate. Uh, or I, I hear this comparison a lot in like music. You have to separate the art from the artist sometimes. Like, because if you focus on the person, <laughs> it's yeah. I won't get into it. But... I, I I will say, May Pacquiao is one of the true. Like you hear this notion of how um, combat sports attracts bad people. Man, Pacquiao is one of those bad people. <laughs> like it, guys like him and um, God, how do you pronounce this fucker's name? Do you remember the Touch and Flyweight that the UFC just signed like a couple months ago? Beirut. No, don't get me lying. Megomedov or something like that. Point being, like, there, there's just a list of people in, in this sport, like, who you just can't root for, you know? Yeah. Uh, like, if you care about stuff like that. They, 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 they slip through the cracks. Like, I, I guess they, they slip through the cracks. It's just like, um, if, if, like, no matter how we try to gussy you up, like, with the words like honor and like respect and martial artists and stuff like that, they're still fighting for money. Yeah. Uh, like you can get rid of the UFC tomorrow and, you know, professional boxing tomorrow. Like, like this is still fighting for money. And like the day uh, I can't, I think it was Jordan Breen who said this, like the day after the end of the fall of civilization, 
people will still be fighting for whatever is like lucrative. Right. <laughs> Whether it's money or that last piece of like that last piece of non radiated meat in the case right, of the we'll, we'll be we'll be boxing for like care fighting. packages. Yeah. It'll be like Gladiator Arena, pretty yeah. much. You'll be boxing so, for care packages and the last piece of chicken that hasn't been modified. <laughs> yeah, man, fighting, fighting's in our. I think it's like in our human DNA. Like we're at our core, we're just naturally violent people. Fighting's not going anywhere. But yeah, awesome. Shouts to Jeff Horn. Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely big, big ups to Jeff Horn, man. Like a lot of. He, he I'm did, pretty sure he, he surprised a lot of people. He did Rich Franklin proud. He did middle school teachers proud everywhere. Hey man. So oh, it's like hero. him. Um, God, who? Like there was a woman in the USC who is a teacher. And I'm a, like, I'm completely blanking on her. I name. feel like I know who you're talking about, but yeah, I, I can't remember the name either. He's in that elite company now of teachers that go out and. Uh, um, wreck shop. It's him, Sonia uh, Lamanakis, who is a former world heavyweight champion in women's boxing. Like, yeah. Teachers are the future. Hey, man. <laughs> yeah, he's in good company. But, yeah, man. Awesome, awesome fight. Big, big props to uh, to Jeff Horn. Um, moving along to the uh, second topic, which I, I guess is still... Still boxing related, but also MMA related. So um, I'll I'll start this off. I'll go out on a limb and say that I was wrong. I was very wrong. I I never believed that this fight was a thing. When rumors of this fight first started happening, I dismissed it because I just I thought it was just a lunacy. And I was like, this fight's never. This fight will never happen. This will be an urban myth. It'll be fun to talk about. Kind of like how like GSP and Anderson was for a while like it's fun to theoretically talk about it but we're never going to see it but i was wrong conor mcgregor and floyd mayweather this is an actual real fight this is actually going to happen uh when's the date again uh, august 26 but i like to point out that um ice cube has the t-mobile arena be- uh, booked for three-on-three basketball <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think they're still working out like they're working out trying to buy off his date or something. Oh, maybe maybe he just wants the three on three logo on like the mat for the fight. Hey man, shout out to the three on three three leaving game. I haven't watched the highlights, but I know AI's out there still balling. So shout shout out to everybody in three on three league. But <laughs> so yeah, man, this this uh yeah this this fight is it's it's going down. This is a real thing, and like I. I I don't even know where where to start or like what Yeah, this this is going to be a show. For for better or worse, this is going to be a spectacle. Let's, let's start with the fact that they're going on like a multi-city, multinational freaking talking tour. Tour, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I saw um some pictures. Is it kicking off in London? I can't remember where it's. I don't know where it's kicking off, but like I know they have a sh- they have a, a press conference at like the Wembley or something yeah yeah they, they're making it up to be a I mean and it is as much as I'm yeah not a fan of this room. right pretty much pretty much they're making this a big deal and as much as I don't 
really care for this fight or want to see it, I will definitely be in front of some screen somewhere. Um, I'll, I'll be paying attention. Um, I'm not paying for this. Uh, <laughs> I don't care uh, what what important people are watching. I'm bootlegging this fight oh, yeah. to the extreme. That this is yeah. I'm not. I'm not paying for this. Not at all. Like I'm not even going to a theater. Oh, it's, oh the t- the press tour starts on Monday. Hey, hey. <laughs> can't can't wait for some CJ Watson references. Man. Some CI references. <laughs> this this fight, man. Every time I see a, a video of um like Connor uh, doing like pad work or bag work, I'm just like, why why are we? Why are we playing this up like this is going to be... Because the people it, want it to be. It is true. And th- th- this is the my... people are stupid. Th- this is my prediction. This is what... And I've been telling people this at work. This this is what's going... I'm, I'm like 98% sure this is going to happen unless Connor just somehow shocks the world. Crazy if... What, I'm not going to entertain that, but... So we're, we're, we're all... And when I say we, I don't mean like me in specific, but like the general populace, whatever you want to call it, casual fans, I guess. Everybody's going to get hype for whatever reason, no matter who you're rooting for. They're going to talk it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, don't sugarcoat that shit. This fight is going to break that Manny record. I'm telling you. This fight, because uh, the hype is real, I think it's going to break it. I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm sure. I'm so sure it's going to break it. For all the wrong reasons, but I'm, I'm telling you, this this fight is such a spectacle. You see, that, like that's why it deserves to break the record. <laughs> because like because we just need that constant reminder that we all enjoy a circus sport. Yeah, and it's just because I'm even noticing like people at like my job will never really talk about MMA or combat sports. Like even they're like getting their interest peaked. So just like off of things like that, like casual fans are going to buy into this, which is sad because I'm pretty sure like cause the the Manny Floyd pay per view is like a hundred bucks. I'm pretty sure this is gonna be like that. Like that. Oh hell yeah! And if you pay a hundred to see this, I promise you, you're gonna be. Sus- if you thought the Manny Floyd fight was bad, this is going to be so much worse. <laughs> this is going to be just. I'm I'm gonna say. I think I posted... I can't remember if I posted this on Twitter. I posted it somewhere. By anybody who bought this... Who who buys this fight... By like round three or four... You're going to realize... Unless Floyd has somehow... I mean... um, Unless Connor has somehow pulled off... The impossible and like... Flash KO's Floyd... By like the third round... You're going to realize you made a mistake... For paying for this. But by that time it's going to be too late. And you're going to be trapped. And you're going to watch... You're gonna watch Connor do a lot of swinging and a lot of not hitting anything remotely close to where Floyd is. And I, I pers- I want this fight to be boring. I want this to be the worst. I want this to be the most boring fight ever. I want Floyd to just jab, jab, move, jab, jab, move. Don't even, don't get the knockout. I don't want to see a knockout. I want to <laughs> see just. <laughs> is it, you want you 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 want to you want run through some dream scenarios, bro? Because I I got a dream scenario. All right, let's let's hear. It. All right, so like this fight goes in typical Floyd Mayweather s style for like five rounds. Then and Connor realizes how boned he is, so he out of nowhere 
He just throws a jet like a flying knee. <laughs> and it just lands square to freaking like Floyd's face. Destroying his jaw. And Connor, because it's in their deal that Connor can't throw elbows, knees, kicks, or whatever. Connor gets paid no money for this fight. <laughs> and Floyd Mayweather is forced to retire because his jaw is just freaking just in pieces. And that's my dream scenario. So everybody loses. Everybody loses. The yeah. fans, <laughs> the fighters. That's a viable. You know what? That's not bad. That would be a valuable lesson for everybody. See, like, that would be worth a hundred dollars. <laughs> and I wonder too. Like I feel like maybe it won't be to that extreme, but like this Connor's been in MMA for so long that I I have to think that like that's a I don't say maybe not a flying knee, but he's gonna have a natural instinct to where like. There's going to be a moment where maybe they'll clinch, and for like a brief second, we're going to see him get ready to throw an elbow or go for a takedown, and he'll have to like, he'll have to pull himself back, but I hope he does it and it's too late. What, like, if, what if Connor just like hits a, a freaking like trip takedown on like Floyd? <laughs> I'm sorry. He's going to have one moment in that fight, at least one, where he, he does an MMA move. He hits a trip takedown and Floyd just breaks his ankle. He's an ah oh. <laughs> first round, first round. <laughs> so there we go. First round is gonna start. Floyd's, I mean, F Floyd's gonna be tooling Connor, and they're gonna, have, yeah, they're gonna have that moment where they clinch. Connor's gonna realize he's just getting his face boxed to death. He's gonna go in for a clinch, going for the trip. He's gonna like hurt Floyd's ankle, and the fight is gonna be off first round by like two minutes. And that'll be where our everybody's hundred dollars goes, and there will be no rematch. There'll be no, you know, yeah. And everybody just goes home pissed off and angry, and everybody calls Comcast to get their hundred dollars back. I mean, like, so I'm one of those weird people who enjoyed the Mayweather um Pacquiao fight because I actually thought it was better than I thought it would be. Um. It, 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 how long has May? How long would you say Mayweather's been in like the public consciousness as this like all star elite boxer? Um, when was De La Hoya the... fight? Right? Like since the De La Hoya fight, right? That was what twenty oh seven. Let me yeah oh seven. So so oh seven. Let's just say oh seven. It's been ten years, people. He has done the same shit every single time <laughs> out. Why do you expect him to change? And the other thing that I don't get either is, of course, people are going to bring up the size. Which So, correct me if I'm wrong, this fight is at 152? I think it's 154. 154. So, yeah, so... The other argument or whatever that I'm seeing is, oh, you know, the size is, you know, it's going to be a problem. They're fighting at 154. Keep in mind, I'm, I, correct me if I'm wrong, he fought Canelo at 152. That that was at 152. Yeah. So two pound difference. Yeah. 
And Canelo, I mean, if you've watched Canelo fight, Canelo is a, a great boxer. A really, 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 really good boxer. Mm-hmm. And Floyd completely told this man. Yes. And and I was really looking forward to that fight because <laughs> I was like, man, if Canelo can just catch him once, you know, this fight might get interesting. He nev- that moment never came. Mm-hmm. Canelo swung at air the entire time. And I'm like, if Canelo, who's a pretty good, you know, technician in his own right if he can't land on floyd i don't know what makes anybody think connor's gonna you, you know what i think connor should do though just to make things interesting what? i feel like he should do that wide leg stance <laughs> don't fight him yeah <laughs> yes. that was, this is the only thing that i was thinking that like because i was trying to think like any are there any real situations that i can see connor winning and i was like you know what he should do Maybe for the first two rounds, you come out in your traditional boxing stance, see how it goes. Probably doesn't go too well. Third round, bring out the wide leg stance and just see if he... <laughs> because as it, crazy as it sounds, Floyd has never seen anything like that. And it's not to say it'll work at all. But at least for a couple seconds, it's going to throw Floyd off. Oh, and I that's your chance. I can't wait for him to get desperate in this fight. <laughs> I, I can't wait for like kind of just realize what a mistake he's made. And just like he just starts doing random shit, like he goes for a spinning back fist, which you can't legally do in boxing, by the way. Ah, oh, even if you land with the fist, yeah, you can't. Ah, uh, that sucks. That's like sucks. I, I'm waiting for like the crazy shit, like, like oh my god, that's probably how this fight's gonna end. Like Connor hits like a spinning back fist. <laughs> he thinks it's legal. Yeah, he thinks it's legal, but it isn't. <laughs> Oh, man. He's got to do the wide leg, though. Like, you have to. Oh, yeah, no, it's traditional. It, it, it's, it's well, basically how, just really how Connor fucking stands. So, like, I don't know. Because I, I feel like I, I'm, Floyd is too smart. I mean, I'm pretty sure he'll find a way around it. But there, there'll be at least a 30 to 40 second window where Floyd might be just a tad bit confused. And that's the time that he's going to have to do something crazy and try to get it. Try to get it to work. So, but so like, um, I, I I see the idea that people like, oh, Floyd's going to knock him out easy. He's going to do it within six rounds, which you know, possible, possible. I, I like, I, I honest to God think Floyd does not see like knockouts. To, you know, as a not even like a priority. It's just like a thing to strive for. So unless Connor. Who, when, who we've seen get frustrated before when somebody's like being his equal on the feet and um, Nate like if Connor gets it in his head that like his only way to win this fight is to be overly aggressive or um, you know or, or like he or he's losing he's getting frustrated and he just like doubles down on what he's doing like Ronda Rousey Holly Holm style I can see Floyd knock him out, I guess, but like otherwise, I just see Floyd like kind of just like laughing at him for twelve rounds. <laughs> and I, I worry about Connor's gas tank too. Like, I'm because he doesn't he I, doesn't have a I mean, he doesn't have a bad gas tank, but we've seen him tire out. But like, like, against like Nate Diaz, you know, like it it was a fight so, like so. 
Like, Nate Diaz fights at such a freaking pace. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, it's kind of hard. Yeah, not a lot of people can really keep up. So, yeah. But 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 at the same time, I'm like, if I mean, if 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 Nate got you that tired, Floyd's gonna. Well, like Floyd's just gonna stand there and like, like, like uh, slip, slip, right hand, get out the way, come back to center, land the quick right hand, get out the way, like. He's not going to just sit in the pocket with, like, McGregor and just throw punches. Oh, no, not at all. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of Matrix action going on. Like, if Connor gets tired in this fight, it's because Connor gets overly, like, aggressive and just starts trying to, like, jump at Floyd. Like, literally jump at him with his left hand. Yeah, this... Oh, man. Now we bring all the two scenarios. There are really so many ways of... <laughs> <laughs> so many things that could happen in this fight, and but, they're all just yeah, like, I, like I keep, I, I don't want to like get past this point. Like, like this should go to show everybody that this is a carny sport. MMA, boxing, like boxing, is literally a carny sport. It's how it started. Um, but uh, I don't know. I I don't hate this fight. I'm like some type of principle. Like, oh, I I hate it when. You guys try to do other things. Uh, I hate when people try to cross over and take over into the sport. I hate like this is fun. My problem with this fight is one hundred percent in they are so they are trying to sell it as a competitive fight, and there are a bunch of dumb marks out there who will see this as a competitive fight because of that, and they will be turned off from the sport of boxing and probably from MMA. Like, at least a little bit, you know. Yeah, I. My problem with this fight for me, yeah, I don't mind the the crossover. That's that's cool. I'm sorry. Can you give I, me like two seconds? Because there's somebody beating down my door. Okay, I'll I'll plug some dead air. So uh, yeah, while while my co-host is away, so I, I'll I'll just say, my my problem with this fight isn't so much isn't so much like the idea of the of a crossover you get mma's biggest star versus boxing's biggest star i i don't like the timing of this fight like it would be different if connor was this guy who kind of like floyd who literally just he's beaten everybody he's undefeated he's ran through you know if, if connor had like ran through the entire featherweight division defended his belt you know like five six times and then there was nobody else to fight and then he decides all right you know there's nothing else really for me in mma let me go try my hand at boxing but i feel like he, he barely he didn't really accomplish much you back yep all right so i'll run back what i was uh what i was just rambling about so my my problem with this fight isn't like the idea of the fight, but more so just like the timing of it. Like if if Connor was like if, if Connor had a streak like Anderson, where like there was this period with Anderson where like he just killed the entire division like forty times over, and like it was <laughs> and like there were points where it just felt like there's nobody left for him to fight. I mean, eventually Wadman came along, but like before the Wadman thing, like he had just ran through everybody. It was like there's there's nothing else for you, for you to do. So, like, at that point, you want to go over, you want to cross over, cool. Whatever. I I get it. There's nobody left for you to fight. You've killed everybody already. 
But like Connor just kind of just he just got to the top. Never defended anything, never you know, I don't know, like it, the timing to me just seemed terrible. It's like he, I mean, I get why they did it. I, I I completely understand why why it's happening, but like it just uh, I, I don't know. It it rubs me the wrong way for some reason. It's like you 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 just reached the top of the MMA like heap, and you you really honestly, if you think about it, you haven't been on top for that long, and you haven't defended any belt that you ever won. So it's like I don't I don't know. It, it's this. I, I, I think. <laughs> Connor is just like a guy who like like he's like a dog chasing a freaking truck like you know like he, he he like once he catches the truck he he's done he's done with it and he's on to the next one like I I think that's why he has like such pathological like need to rematch Nate Diaz like as quickly as possible when he lost. Yeah, because he yeah he couldn't he didn't want to live that that down. Well, even that it's just like he saw something that like honestly I don't like how do I put this like one of the main criticisms of Henry Cejudo when he was on the Olympic team was that like once he won the gold medal everything else just like everything around him just kind of like just got boring for him you know right like he didn't he didn't really care about like going back or whatever like he didn't really have that same fire i mean that was and that was one of his main criticisms when he got into mma like oh he's out here just beating on dudes and it's just like you can tell he's half-assing it and i think that's connor a little bit and that he doesn't care about defending things so much as he does about chasing things like he he's not ch- he's chasing something he doesn't have. Like I I I, I asked the guy I think if he had to like defend his title or something like that. Like that's probably where you have the best chance of beating him. Because I I think that chase drives him more than anything else. That makes me wonder though. Like what's his what's the end game then? Like. Money. What? Like, honestly, yeah, guy, well, definitely. Honestly, guy, since, <laughs> since the day Conor McGregor won the Cage Warriors lightweight championship, when he knocked out, when he knocked out Ivan Butchinger, he has been pretty straightforward about the fact that he wants to make he wants a nine figure check. He wants to be the richest man in combat sports and sport sports period. Like, I, I, I think that drives him more than anything. I I guess then to, to segue, because I, I want to, well, I, I guess just real quick to, and thoughts on the fight, we pretty much both have Floyd winning. Yeah. Uh, I, again, it's pretty fair to say. Um, so, all right, let, let's, let's just fast forward then. Fight, let's, let's, let's just assume what we think happens, happens. Fight happens. Connor gets his face boxed off for twelve rounds or whatever. All right, so now now we have the aftermath. So, what what happens? Well, I feel like we don't have to talk about Floyd. Floyd goes fifty and zero. 
makes buku money and just goes off in the sunset somewhere. Mm-hmm. But like, if you're Connor, do do you even want to come back? I mean, the the check you're getting no. is no. <laughs> Why? Yeah, and that's what I was thinking. It's like for one. You would have to fight in the UFC like 30 times to Dude. equal the check that you're going to get in this Floyd fight. Two. Ten times. He, like, right. Like, and you, you just had a kid, and you just got, um, I think he recently got married, right? Yeah. So, like, yeah, you got this new... Well, I'm not sure you know, if you got married, a, but, like... But that's it, pretty much, like, he's been with that, I think he's been with his girlfriend for, like, a while now. Like, they're, they've done everything pretty much but get married, I guess, at this point. So, like, you got a family now... Like what? Why do you do you even? Is there the only thing that to really come back to fighting would be you just enjoy the competition. At this point, you've made the money, and the, you know the UFC is not going to pay you what you're getting out of this Floyd fight. Do, so like, I, do you, does he even come back? Is there a reason to come back? Like, I think the UFC is kind of being like strung along a little bit, and like Dana said, like he's worried that Conor might not come back, but he thinks he will, and like that money won't be an issue if he does want to come back. They're out their mind. Like, if he goes back... Like, here's the thing. Connor doesn't have to, like, knock Floyd down in this fight. He doesn't have to do anything but, like... Have a decent showing. And the bar for that is so low for him because... Obviously, it's not his sport. But, like... Let's just say he managed to land one clean punch on Mayweather. Like, it doesn't knock Mayweather down... But it gets a rise out of the crowd. It's something that he like he can put in his highlight reel. It's something that he can like screen cap and put as his like this like Twitter image or whatever. You know what it's gonna do for his ego, right? Like you, you, the I, uh, the UFC. I'm not sure if they're ready for like the monster they're about to create. Yeah, like if if you're right and this breaks like 4.4 million buys, they're not ready for what's next. And they're not going to have anything to offer him. Like at the, at that point, like Connor should be like, I'm gonna buy out my own contract. I'm gonna buy out my own contract, start my own promotion, and go around the TVs, uh, go around the TV um, company, uh, ch- TV channels, and just be like, who's going to pay me fifty million dollars to fight on their network? You know what I mean? You're right. I, I doubt anybody pays him fifty million dollars, but you, you get my point. Like. He becomes the the only thing left really is to become the master of his own destiny. He's kind of already that already, right? The UFC is giving him as much rope as he possibly can have without actually owning a stake in the company. Like maybe that's what's next. Maybe he's like, I won't come back unless the UFC offers me like stake, where I'm getting like a piece of that two point five million that Fox is giving for every card, <laughs> like. Like what? Like there's not there's nothing left for him. Like, and we can we can get this argument about like he's never defended the title, but like you know what Connor's gonna say? He's gonna be like, I was the only two division champion with both the belts at the same time. I'm the greatest fighter of all time. I knocked out Jose Aldo. I knocked out Eddie Alvarez. Like, he, he he's not gonna give a fuck. Like, like this is all his ego. Like th- there is. As much as there are challenges left for him, they hold no weight in where he, where his legacy is, at this point, because, in part, because the UFC let him like line cut so much, 
especially with that Diaz, like going from the Diaz loss to the Diaz rematch to the Alvarez fight. Right. Like the most they have to offer him is the GSP fight, which is, which after Mayweather is the biggest fight for him. And are they going to give him like a fifty percent cut of like the pay per view numbers or buys? Like, are 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 they going to give him a percentage of like the Fox prelim and the Live Gate and all the other shit that they get money off like sponsors and everything like that? Like, matter of fact, we're talking about like him making like somewhere between seventy five and a hundred million dollars. He doesn't technically have to, he doesn't have a Reebok sponsorship. Like he's going to get paid another five to ten million dollars from like Nike or Gatorade or Dosekis or Takata or whoever the hell wants to sponsor him. Like if I'm Connor, like I, I sit back and like, do I really want to go get punched in the face for a living? I got a hundred million dollars in the bank. Right. Yeah, that that's like we we love to talk about like how these guys like they they do it for like the love of the sport or like uh, and there's an element to that there's an element to just going places and having people scream your name like i uh, you hear this from um like sporting journalists from time to time like the difference from Michael Jordan walking in a room and like Mike Tyson walking in a room like there's there's a level of like reverence that is put on a fighter that's not put on a a great from another sport. Right. It's, it's probably like a drug. It's a drug. Like, and a lot of times, this is the only way these people have made money in their lives. Like, Tyson's been boxing since he was, like, in the, since Custom Isle was, like, put him in a freaking uh, ring with, like, a grown-ass adult and had the adult, like, beat him up because Tyson was fucking up everybody else in the gym. Like, that's part of the part of it. Connor's. I don't think this is a drug for Connor. Like, honest to God, I think he is driven, but by his own set of like goals. And eventually, those goals will not have anything to do with fighting. Right. He he's. I feel like he's like he's on like a conqueror's quest, like. He just wants to hit the pinnacle of everything he touches. Just hit the pinnacle one time. Yeah. You just climb to the top one time, get the gold, move on to whatever the next, you know, big, you know, whatever the next thing to chase is, kind of like you said earlier. You, you just go for the next chase, whatever that next high is. Like, <laughs> like, maybe they have to give him the welterweight title to drag him back. I, I, I could definitely see that. Like, like if if... Especially if, if somehow like the Woodley Maya fight happens, let's let's just say Maya wins, Maya fights GSP, GSP wins. You know that's coming. Yeah, next. yeah, that, that, you know that's coming. That's one hundred percent guaranteed unless GSP doesn't want it. Yeah, I, I think there's a decent chance he doesn't. Not because I think he's afraid of Connor, but like I think a large part of why he wanted to fight Michael Bisbing is because. Like not that Bisbing's easy, but like that's a winnable fight. Not, not even that. It's like I, I think GSP thinks he could beat like your Weidmans and your like, Yoel Romero's and your whatevers. But like brain damage is something that's always been on GSP's mind. Like he's talked about like having memory loss and stuff from like while getting ready for fights. 
like from camps and stuff and like if you had a choice between fighting concussor Tyron Woodley and Michael Bisbing and like brain damage is a big part of like right <laughs> left the sport in the first place yeah you're not fighting Woodley yeah <laughs> so yeah, you're like, definitely not fighting so, Woodley so maybe I don't know maybe GSP thinks like McGregor would be like an easy easy win like blast takedowns he's smaller than me um but I mean to be honest if I if if Connor can't land a left hand on GSP I think GSP takes him on the ground and just basically rapes him yeah like yeah <laughs> no, yeah but like, I think that's I think that's plays heavy in his mind you know so like maybe like GSP's like maybe this is an easier fight for me but I don't want to deal with the aftermath yeah, that, yeah, I think that's like, like I don't think GSP is like afraid of anybody. I, I I do think he's smart though. I think he he wants. I almost feel like he wants the big fights, but yeah, like you said, he, he doesn't want to deal with anything after that. Like, let me come back, have my moment, but I kind of don't want to stick around here too long. Like, I don't want to get fully back into this. I I don't want to deal with the consequences of having to fight Yoel Romero. Right. Because like, even right. if I win that fight, I'm getting hit by Yoel yeah. Romero. <laughs> who, by the way, for people who haven't seen, uh, this man uh, was at the weigh-ins the other day looking like a just Captain America times like 20. Like... <laughs> dude, dude is a, you know, just straight-up Greek sculpture. Yeah, like... He's literally like a Greek god in in human form. Like it, he's got to be one of the like physically one of the scariest people I've ever seen. It it makes no sense how like shredded. Uh, and, <laughs> just... and we could talk about like him using steroids and shit, but like he's this, this dude who went through multiple Olympic cycles of testing, and who's been tested by Yasada like twenty two, twenty three times. Like, like I, I know like some people just. I know some people just, like, they fail the eye test immediately, and, like, we all like to peg steroids, steroids. Some people are just freaking freaks of nature, man. Yeah, yeah, I think he's, he's uh, definitely one of those not, not everybody is, um, you know, Shannon Briggs or Alistair Orin. Like, some people are just straight up dropped on this earth to be physical specimens that make the rest of us feel inferior. <laughs> yeah, man, that, that dude... Good luck to anybody who has to. That, that's that's one of those guys who I look at and I'm like, even if I was a trained like professional fighter, he's somebody I'm ducking. Like no, there's no, there's no question about it. I see that name, I'm like, no, yeah, I'm, I'm pulling a hamstring that day. We're not fighting. That's not going down. Dude, like, I can't think of anybody else I'd be more afraid to fight. Like, he is so scary. Is him? I I I had this list once in my head of like fighters who like I would outright refuse to fight. Like I would not fight Yoel Romero. Um, JDS in his prime, like when he was on his tear, mm-hmm. couldn't pay me any money to fight him. Kane would probably be in that same boat. He's just way too violent. You couldn't. I think those are like my my, my three. Like my thing with Yoel Romero and just being scary is like. You never see what he's going to do, because, like, 
he's so athletic and like has such great timing and is so awkward. Like I don't think Weidman had any idea that that knee was coming when he hit him with it. <laughs> nope. Yeah, it's that, like, yeah, when this dude gets guy. a read on like the the Leona Machida fight, the ending to that fight is one of the most surreal things I've ever seen in any combat sport. Where Yo Romero, who finally like after a few rounds of just like kickboxing, out kickboxing Leo Machida, just got comfortable, was just like, fuck it. Hits a takedown and like two seconds later Yo Machida's unconscious. <laughs> He's just like, I want this fight to be over and it was over. Yeah. Oh uh, god. That dude is Yeah. Freakishly just freakishly scared. Good luck, Robert Whitaker. Good luck. Yeah. But if there's it's... anybody who I think could beat him, it's probably Whitaker, but Yeah, he he's definitely got the hands. He he's I think he if he can connect, I think he can do some damage. But yeah, Yoel man, that's it's like any given moment you might die. <laughs> when, if he decides to explode. He can, he can finish you at any moment. And you can be right in front of him and not see it coming. Yeah. Because he's so athletic and so good at his timing and so freaking just, like, creative. Man. Yeah. But I, I, I guess to, to wrap up the the Connor thing, um, I don't know how to wrap this up. Like, I remember like when the, the idea was being floated around and everybody was like, no, 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 this fight can't happen. My thought was this fight was going to happen if Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor wanted it to. And it did. I, I will say, I thought Mayweather would, like, do everything in his power to, like, just, like, drag this out and, I don't know, um, just kind of play with McGregor a little bit, but... I'm, I mean, it, it dragged out for a... Uh, I'd say it dragged out for a... Well, no, no, like, I, I'm talking years here. Oh, okay. I'm talking about years and like you have to wear a certain type of gloves and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm making fight. I, I know that you said you couldn't do 145 in MMA, but I'm gonna make you fight 147. You know, once away. Um, we're gonna do it. Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know. You can't have one of your coaches, and you can only have like one coach in your corner. Like crazy shit. Because that's what Mayweather does. Like. There's a dude who almost got the Madonna and the Pacquiao fight canceled the day of. Like, one because of, like, gloves, and the other because they had discrepancy over, like, who owned the rights to, like, a certain set of tickets that they were giving out to, they, they were trying to sell or something. Like, just insane bullshit. And, like, obviously the weight shit and stuff like that. Like, nah, I, I just think he straight up does not think much of uh, Connor, and he's like, I just want this payday. Let's rush this through so people don't realize what a dumbass fight this is. It's crazy that he's gonna go fifty and zero off of this. Like, <laughs> this is his fiftieth fight. Yeah. This is gonna be the one that caps his career, and it's probably gonna be the easiest payday. But you know what? Real quick, <laughs> before we wrap this up, because I don't think we even mentioned it. Just, just to throw it out there. Let's say Connor wins. What what what's what's the aftermath? What is the world even ready? Oh God, like <laughs> the world just ends, like literally, like everything just shuts off. 
<laughs> what was supposed to happen during Y2K? Something turns off. Uh, we all just die. And the, our all the last thing we all hear is just like Connor laughing, and like throwing money off the side of like the turnbuckle. <laughs> I almost don't even want to think about if he wins, but yeah, his head was big after he knocked out Aldo after he won the lightweight title. No, no, if if yeah. Connor uh, if Connor pulls this off, all right, one second. Oh man, that's almost like. Yeah, I don't. I'm not ready to even watch a television screen, if if Connor pulls this off. Oh man, that's uh... it, 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 it's is is gonna be surreal. It would be sur surreal, especially like because I imagine if he does get the KO, it'll look like um, it'll look like the Pacquiao of. Uh, uh, God, Marquez. Marquez. Yes. <laughs> like, it's gonna look like that. <laughs> He's gonna catch him with a left, and Floyd's just gonna go stiff. Dude, <laughs> like, if, if that happens, I'm just like, it's gonna be like the Pacquiao. Like, did you ever see the picture with like the dude at ringside tried to will Manny Pacquiao back to life? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh God. Oh man, the memes. The me. The internet. Is gonna just implode if Connor went. The memes, the world isn't gonna be able to handle it. Oh man, yeah, that 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 fight. All you're gonna see is yeah. like if Connor managed to knock him out. All you're gonna see at ringside is just like a bunch of bug-eyed rich black people like trying to will Floyd Mayweather back alive. Man, this. <laughs> <laughs> like every every boxing vlog on like YouTube is just going to be like sun silence. God, don't let Stephen A see that. Like Stephen, oh my God, Stephen have a meltdown. <laughs> like Stephen is like the biggest Floyd Mayweather fan. Oh man, yeah, but I guess yeah that that fight I guess just to wrap it up. Um, yeah, I mean that I'm not really looking forward to this. I'm telling people you're going to be disappointed, and when when you are, just rewind this podcast. Just remember that I told you beforehand. You're you're gonna be disappointed. But as a fight fan, that as wild as this fight is, I feel obligated that I have to watch it, though I won't be paying for it. I can't stress that enough. <laughs> as a fan, I have to warn you people, don't pay for the fight. Yeah, definitely. Go find the don't. bar or something, or stream yeah. it. I, I don't care, just don't pay for it. It's not what Yeah, time. don't, definitely not. You know what, we say that though, and like if Connor wins... I mean, it's literally, it it's literally the only... That's Besides one of the situations we mentioned before, where Connor just does something crazy and just gets himself disqualified. Like, that's the only way that yeah, fight yeah. is worth $100. Connor, if you're listening, if your coaches are listening, sneak an elbow in. Just get one good elbow in the clinch. Right above... And in the fight. Right above the elbow. Right above the eye line. Right. <laughs> in the fight in the first round. And uh, send everybody home just... Angry. Yeah, just piss the entire universe off at one time. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, I, I guess that's uh pretty much all for those. We had uh the Jeff Horn Pacquiao great fight. Uh, this this Connor Mayweather debacle foolery fight, whatever it's gonna end up being. But uh, 
guess before we wrap up, uh, this is the last uh, shout outs and pardon shots. Um, let me pull up mine because I do not want to get this wrong. Uh, Alright, so I will give my uh, parting shot to a former LFA fighter. I think LFA. I hope I'm not getting that wrong. Uh, former LFA fighter Terry on where? RFA and um, um, Tachi Palace. There we go. Okay, RFA. No one of those. So, former RFA fighter Terry on where? Who? I was. I, I really liked him in in RFA. Um, one of his. Well, all right. One of his last fights I saw wasn't didn't end so well for him when he fought Luke Sanders. But e either or, man. I, I was a fan of this dude in RFA. Um, I'll be honest. I didn't think I would see him in the UFC, but. Um, he, he's here now. He's fighting a gentleman named Cody, uh, Stammen. Um, this will be on UFC, uh, like a fight pass card. Oh, no, UFC 2, ah, UFC 213. Uh, he'll be on the fight pass prelims. I think we didn't talk um, about either one of the cards that are in, like, the next two days. Um, alright, we'll, we'll give those, we'll give those some part and shot, uh, shout outs to uh, them, but. Whatever. Yeah, but he, uh, he will definitely be on that card. Um, along with uh, uh, Trevor Giles, who is a he's LFA, right? Uh, yes. He, yeah, he, LFA. He is nine and zero um, at light heavyweight. Mm -hmm. And as I say, anytime what? anybody at light heavyweight, he's a middleweight you moving know. up to light heavyweight, from what I understand. In no, this fight, no. I'm not sure if it's just a one fight thing or if he's trying to make go like make a go of it. If he was smart, he'd just make a go of it. You're 24. You're still filling out. Just go for it, man. Yeah, and then 205. You know. You, you get three solid wins. You're like one fight away from a title shot. You're a, you're a top <laughs> so, ten fighter, right? So the UFC and like, though, so right. <laughs> but, like I said, anybody at two hundred five, I'm I'm rooting for if, you, if you're any kind of good. So, uh, Trevin Giles will be fighting a gentleman named James uh, Bonkanovic. Um, both of these fights are at UFC 213. Actually, since you said it, let me try to bring those cards up really quick. Just to give, uh, because these are some, some solid cards. Oh, and also, quick mention, well, by the time you guys hear this podcast, this fight will already have happened, but, uh, Justin Gaethje. Hey. Hey, man. Tomorrow, uh, July, was that the 7th? Which, yes. Well, you guys will. Yeah, that, that date will probably pass by the time you guys hear this, or it might be on the 7th, but uh, Justin Gaethje, Michael Johnson, I like what I've been hearing from Gaethje, man, he, he's so just ready to go, and even though I'm, I'm not, I want him to win, I don't know if this is a great stylistic matchup for him, but, I, like, if I you... will say, um, Johnson, like, if Johnson, without, like, the mental problems, what like was the one in this fight like i'd probably pick him but he's also a dude who like crumbles under pressure so like <laughs> that gaethje's got a good sh shot so and gaethje for people who haven't seen because i'm pretty sure not everybody watches world series of fighting but like he was definitely one of the you know the faces of that organization and this dude is just a walking just he's he's violence personified just if violence was a person it would be justin gaethje like this dude is just violent leg kicks violent everything man like i'm, I'm really happy that he's over like I, I i don't think he'll be champ 
but he will put on some very entertaining fights no matter if he wins or loses he he's going to knock people out he might get knocked out but he he's going to leave a mark man this this dude is just a walking just ball of violence so and he he gets to perform on the big stage so i mean if if he does pull off that win awesome win for him um do you have any uh Parting shots, because I, I do, I will mention actually UFC 213 since I got it pulled up, but if you got any shout-outs, I'll let you get yours off. Um, shout-outs to the World Boxing Super Series. Um, they're, the group, the field for cruiserweights and super middleweights, I think it is, are almost complete. Um, it is quite honestly the most exciting thing in combat sports right now. Um, they got, uh, cruiserweights, not one of the, like, bigger global draws like you, most of their guys, the guys who are really good come from countries where like well, I don't come from Russia and like you could be big in Russia and make a lot of money but you're like not you're, you're not a star you know but um right. their field is fucking amazing for cruiserweight uh Dmitry uh, Kud- uh he just joined in today Alexander Usyk former Olympic gold medalist probably the next if he I want to say he's like the Andre Ward of um, Cruiserweight. Like, I, I foresee him as the guy to win this tournament. Um, Maris Bredas, uh, another world title ch- uh, holder. Fantastic guy to watch fight. Murat Gassiev coming off a big win over uh, Dennis Lebedev. Um, Yanir Dortikos, who was in, like, fight of the year last year. Uh, Marco Hook. Uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce this dude's name. Uh, but uh, Christoph uh, Wodarczyk, Polish dude, who was the number one cruiserweight in the world, so he lost to Usyk last year. Like, it's a really good feel. Like, imagine if um, the UFC middleweight division had all top, like, eight of the top ten guys in the tournament together. That's how deep and how good it is. Mm. And they have a... um. The super middleweight field is coming together. It's not as good, sadly. Uh, George Groves, fun fighter. Um, Caleb Smith, fun fighter. I can't remember any of the other dudes, but like, it, it's good, clean, wholesome violence. And like, if you want to get into boxing, and you want to get into um, you want to get into some like real, like hardcore, just fucking violence. It's amazing. Like, Cruiserweight is the most entertained division in sports right now. They're winning way like, to just, watch that? Oh, uh, God. Um, I don't think they have any of the fights actually, like, dated, but they're, because they're still putting together the field. I think there's one more fighter. But, um, yeah, I think it starts later this year. Just, like, keep an eye. I, I'll keep you guys posted. Like, it, it's such a good field. And uh, if you guys remember the Super Six tournament that put Andre Ward over the top, and made him like the, a pound for pound guy, it's it's exactly like that. So it it's just gonna be good times this year. Like boxing, really good year. This might why isn't that on ESPN? See, I feel like stuff like that needs to be on ESPN. Because like the Russian promoters and stuff like that, like they have to come yeah. together and. The, now when you're on whatever it is like what's it called in Russia like ma- it's not matchroom it's um whatever like promoters always <laughs> they, promoters they don't want to hold hands yeah 
pretty much. Yeah. It's so hard to cross the island. Um, I guess my other, my last one is for um, Amanda Nunes and uh, Valentina Shevchenko. Honestly, I think the two the most um, I don't want to say overlooked, but I'm like you know, I'm a, I'm gonna just go out there and say overlooked fighters like Shevchenko, despite being the second having the second highest average for being like a main event pay-per-view seller. Yeah, UFC 200 and UFC uh, whatever the one Ronda Rousey, she fought Ronda Rousey on. I don't remember the number. Um, she's always been the B-side, sometimes the C-side. She's like on a career run. She beat Sarah McMahon. She beat uh, Valentina Shevchenko. She beat Ronda Rousey. She beat Misha Tate. Like She is uh, she's on a run for the ages. If she gets past Valentina Shevchenko, she could there fights for her, but she could hold on to that belt for a very long time and beat Ronda Rousey's record. And I'm going to say the same thing goes for Valentina Shevchenko. Um, she is, quite honestly, probably the most well-rounded female fighter ever. Like she's good on top, she's good, she's good off her back. Like as we saw against Pena, um, she is obviously she is probably the best female striker, best. Yeah, I'll say best female striker in MMA right now. Like it's partly hindered because um she she's a 125er fighting a 135, but she she is amazingly good. She's beaten Yuan and Jacek twice in kickboxing and Muay Thai. It's uh like I I get that all the the hype for this uh this weekend's on Yoel Romero and Robert Whitaker, but this main event. It's truly worthy of being a like a big show, and it's worth people's attention. It's a great fight. Yeah, I was gonna say real quick, just to piggyback. I just wanted to run through uh, real quick some of the other fights on this card. So you got Nunez Shevchenko, Romero Whitaker, Curtis Blades, and Daniel. I'm gonna mess up his next. Uh, Daniel Amon something. Some. All right, I can't. <laughs> we'll skip that one. I can't say it. We got. Yeah, Omelet. Oh, oh, there we go. This uh, this is good. Let me see. Uh, Daniel Omil and Check. Omil and Check. Then we have the 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 greatest trilogy bout. Oh uh, God. <laughs> the Go trilogy bout. Overeem and Wadoom meet again for a third time somehow. Like, there's no way. Uh, just side note. <laughs> there's no way this fight gets made if it was a heavyweight fight. <laughs> hey, heavyweights get so much leeway. Hey, good guy. Oh man. I'm so looking forward to that fight. I don't know why. I don't want to this time. <laughs> Screw it. Let's go all out. We got Pettis coming back to lightweight to fight Jim Miller. On the prelims, you got Travis Brown and Oleksi Olenek, Chad Laprise, Brian Camozzi, Tiago Santos, Gerald Merchardt, uh, Jordan Mean, who I thought retired, but I guess he's still fighting. Jordan Mean and Bilal Muhammad. Uh, Rob Font on the prelims, and we mentioned Terry on where Trevor Gall. So like top to bottom, man, this card is really really good. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like you said, um, I I would say Nunez is definitely an over. I don't understand, and this could go on a whole nother side tangent. Like I don't understand how she's not promoted more. Like I I just I don't get it. Like <laughs> like she she came up, she killed um. She, she's just been on a murderous streak of just like, just yeah, and like this. Besides what she's done in the cage, like I get that the UFC is good at selling like blonde white women because that seems to be all they're interested in between like home Rousey and 
Paige Van Zant. But like Amanda Nunes is uh what like I feel like just like an easy sell. Like she's charismatic. Uh she's an uh, she she's a successful immigrant story. Uh, like she, she's an LGBT uh, community member, and her girlfriend fights in the UFC. Like this, this it sounds like an easy sell to me. Right, and on top of that, I mean, the obvious. She's a great fighter. She murders oh, yeah, people. Like, no, she is like probably the hardest fighter <laughs> in women's MMA besides Cyborg. Yeah, like the, I don't, I don't see what there isn't to sell. Like everything is there, and she just doesn't get the the push that, you know. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I could go on a whole another side tangent, but the, either way, definitely you guys should definitely check that out. Actually, the, there are a lot of fights coming within like the next like week. Like there are like two cards within like the next two days, and then like I think there's another UFC card next week, and then like PFL is. There's a lot of violence. A lot of there is a the Dana White series is next week. It starts on Tuesday. Um, yeah, Bellator is next Friday. There's an LFA card and the UFC cards on Sunday. There's an Invicta card next week too. Yeah, so th- there's a lot of just and I don't know how <laughs> we haven't really sat down or figured this out yet. Somehow we'll get all of these fights covered. Probably can't mention everybody because this just it's too much to cover. At once, so I don't know if we'll just pick certain fights out of the week. We'll, we'll figure something out because there are just it's a lot of fights next week to try to keep up with. Um, but either way, a lot of lot of fun fights, just a lot of stuff going down next week that you guys should definitely pay attention to. Starting with uh, Gaethje and Johnson, which probably by the time you heard this podcast, that fight will probably have happened already. You guys, go, so, um, you guys should go watch it unless it sucks. Yeah, I can't imagine definitely. It. Sucking. No, there's no, there's no way. Like, no matter who wins that fight, one of them should be unconscious. I'm just saying. Yeah, somebody's dying. Like, <laughs> a soul is departing. No matter who wins, and then we get Whitaker, and there's a lot of good stuff. This is gonna be an awesome weekend. I'm, 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 I'm pretty hyped. This is gonna be a really good, just nice stretch of, of violence going on. Um, but yeah, I, I guess that's uh, pretty much uh, it for today's uh episode. Like I said, we'll. We'll be hitting you guys sometime again next week. Like I said, there are a lot of fights to cover. Somehow we'll try to work everybody in there. Somehow we'll we'll, we'll fit them all in. Uh, definitely covering the Gaethje fight. That, that's definitely a, a must-talk fight. Um, but we'll we'll figure out everything. Um, I got some reviews coming up. Uh, I've been listening to the J album. Uh, I've been listening to the Big Boy album. So th- those two views will, reviews will probably be coming soon. Um, as always, uh, you can hit up the Dojo Talk uh, Facebook page if you haven't. So search that on Facebook. Hit the like button. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Serial Sensei. Still trying to, you know, grow the audience. So if you like MMA, if you like combat sports in general, if you like music, if you like anime, any of that, listen, share with a friend, share with a friend's friend, all that good stuff. Um... But yeah, so I guess that's uh, pretty much the show for this evening. So, as always, anytime people are being kicked and or punched in the face, we will be there to talk about it. And hopefully we catch you guys next week. So until next time, we'll catch you guys later. Peace.